This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Pro wrestling from a fan's perspective. I love video games and pro wrestling. With three fans who know how to talk some trash. None of these cross-eyed mouth breathers deserve to hear this voice. I guess it's time to take out the trash. All right, everybody, welcome to a special edition of Turnbuckle Trash. I get to host this one, not Dave. Ha ha, Dave. You're, you get to be the co-host. I am the co-host with the most. You are the co-host with the most. So I, I just want to introduce a guy, an awesome guy that we've got on the on the phone with us. His name is Jeff Cat. So I'll give a, I'll, I'll tell you guys a little bit about Jeff. So um, I was listening to I know I'm a I'm a conservative. Uh, don't shoot me, okay? So I I I, I followed um, and I like to listen to the Glenn Beck program and. I was listening to it last week, and a fellow was filling in by the name of Jeff Katz. And I, Jeff was saying how he got his start in professional wrestling. And I just was like, what in the world? So I reached out to him, and uh, we were able to get him on the show. So we're going to turn a little bit of time over to him and let him introduce himself and Give us a little bit of his wrestling background, and then Dave and I have a load of questions for him. So thanks for coming on, Jeff. Oh, it's my pleasure, guys. I really do, uh, I really do appreciate the invitation. I'm not sure how special it is, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's special, it's special for me. I'm not sure that uh, you're going to, at the end of it, go, oh, yeah, man, what a special event. But uh, I'll give you a little bit of my background in the, uh, in the pro wrestling world, and it's uh, it's just been so much fun over the years, and I've been involved in pro wrestling for, I guess at this point, it's going to be 30-some years. Um, wow. I was, in my first professional life, I was a police officer in the city of Philadelphia, and then I started working in radio. And uh, during the course of working in radio, and I had worked in a, a couple of smaller places in New Jersey, I ran into... Uh, a couple of the guys who were training with Larry Sharp, pretty boy Larry Sharp, who was uh, a big part of, uh, at that time, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation and then the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. And Larry was a great guy, brilliant guy. People never really fully understood just how smart he was. Larry started one of the first pro wrestling schools. It's called the the Monster Factory. And it's uh, down oh. in uh, Nashville. Yeah, National Park, New Jersey, and he had some great guys he trained. Bam Bam Bigelow was one of those guys. Uh, Chris Pallies, who became King Kong Bundy, was a uh, was a Larry Sharp guy. And well, long story short, I had Larry on the radio one time, and uh, he was he was kind of a local celebrity in South Jersey, and he was kind enough to come on the air. And uh, off the air, he said, "Oh, you know, you want you want to come here to the." to the, to the uh, Monster Factory and hang out for a little bit. And I said, oh, absolutely. I said, I would love to do this. So I went. Now, I had been a pro wrestling fan since I was in first grade, like six years old. Uh, my dad used to take me to the old Philadelphia Arena in uh, West Philadelphia, and uh, my guy was, was Pedro Morales. That's who I grew up rooting for. He was uh, just uh, like a hero. 
And so I, I get to the monster factory and Larry is there and he's very kind. And he says, all right, so you really want to try this? I said, absolutely, Larry. I'm, I'm, I really am anxious. So he, he said, well, get in the ring. And the first thing that everybody learns is how to fall. And I said, okay. And I try and I mess it up and I try again and I mess it up even worse. And I try again and he's just standing there and he's shaking his head. And uh, there was a wonderful guy who was there uh, who eventually went on to be uh, a part of the headbangers with the WWF. And uh, he came over and Larry said, all right, do me a favor, kneel down. And he just pushed me. He pushed me right over um, and I fell wrong. And he said, okay, so here's the deal. You're going to be a talker because quite frankly, this in-ring stuff you're not very good at. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It was it was brutal, but it was honest. Uh, that <laughs> flying through the air was not my uh, was not my forte, but I did know how to talk, and uh, I, I got involved in the uh, wrestling business from that end, and uh, worked as a ring announcer up and down the East Coast, and uh, eventually, uh, after traveling the country more for radio and working in every local promotion that I could. Uh, we were in Las Vegas for a period of time, my wife and I, and uh, one of the guys who was a big fan of my show, who was also a big conservative as we are, as you, as you ought to be, really. Uh, that, that's true. That's true. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, his name was Nick Bockwinkle. Oh. And I don't know if... Uh, wow. You, okay. So you oh, did, man, yeah. do I know Nick Bockwinkle. You're talking my age <laughs> now, you know. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you guys. Okay. Yeah, well, well, Nick, of course, the AWA heavyweight champion of the world for, for years on and off and trading it back and forth with Vern Gagne. Well, Nick was a big fan of my show, which was wonderful. And he called the radio station one day, and he said, hey, I'm a big fan of your show. Just wanted you to know that. Um, I'm going to drop by after the show one day, and we'll go get, uh, you know, go get a cup of coffee. And I said, oh, well, fantastic. So we did, and we sort of struck up a friendship, and Nick, because Nick really was, uh, he was a smart guy, and you know, his dad, Warren Bockwinkle, had been a pro wrestler for years, and explained to Nick, when Nick was breaking into the business, he said, look, there's a, there's a limited time frame on how long, you know, you're going to be able to take bumps in the ring, it's just the way it is, so you better make sure you know how to do some other stuff. And Nick went out and got all of his training and education and designations uh, in the insurance business and financial planning. And he became our uh, insurance agent and financial planner. <laughs> that is up, so cool. Uh, uh, yeah, a lifetime uh, friendship with him. And, uh, you know, I, honest to goodness, like any any good fan about the second or third time that Nick and I were, were chatting, I said, Nick, I got a, I got a weird request and he shook his head he said hold on a second i'll go get the belt and of course that's exactly what I, what i wanted to wow. see was the uh the awa belt and um, uh, eventually uh, made my way back to new england where i i really really spent a lot of time in the uh, uh in the business and that was uh, at the time, the local promotion was called the CWA, the Century Wrestling Alliance, and we then became the NWA, New England, the National Wrestling Alliance for New England, and we covered those six New England states, 
Uh, we'd go into Canada. We'd go into uh, upstate New York. And uh, we did that every, every week or so. I would, I'd get off the air Friday morning around 9 o'clock in the morning and uh, get on the road because we would have a show Friday night somewhere, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, and then back to work at, uh, at the radio station. And by that time, I was doing more uh, uh, managing uh, for, for a number of teams, including the uh, NWA World Heavyweight Champions, uh, the Brotherhood. And uh, that, that took, us, uh, took us all over the country and uh, took us uh, to Japan and uh, a number of other places. So uh, it, it has been a fun, fun ride. And, um, you know, I, I certainly never made it into the, the biggest of big times, but uh, I've, uh, I've had a great time sort of at that double A level. And uh, that just made friends uh, all over the country. And it's, uh, it, it's, been a, it, 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 it's been a really, really good experience. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Jeff, I want to um, – I'll comment a little bit on what you said, and then we'll kind of get into some questions and answers here. Sure. So I, I – um, me and Dave, we talk a lot about – that's one thing we kind of – we'll pat ourselves on the back is – our podcast, we you know, we always say we're we're fans of professional wrestling, so we don't just talk about WWE. You know, we're that, we we talk to a friend, um, you know, he's been involved with that Monster Factory, the MK Bandit, uh, Matthew mm-hmm. Robles. He's a local uh, guy here in Salt Lake who does a lot, it's similar to what you're doing, but he's like on the West Coast. He go, he goes to New Mexico and Vegas and all over, but. Um, he told us one time that there's WWE fans and there's there's pro wrestling fans. So we always say we're pro wrestling fans because we talk about uh, our local promotion in Salt Lake City, DCW. Um, we, we talk about, you know, professional wrestling from Hollywood. I mean, like, we, we just, uh, you know, we cover so much on our podcast that it's hard to get everything in. So my mm-hmm. question for you is, um, so some of these promotions that you were involved in, what was your favorite thing to do with them? Well, I, I will tell you the, the most fun that I've had over the years has been as the, uh, as the heel manager. Uh, it is such great fun or was great fun, uh, to be the loud mouth, uh, bad guy. And again, I grew up watching WWWF, so I watched and learned, I, I hope, from Captain Lou Albano. And when I got the chance to work some TV spots with Captain Lou, I was like a little kid. You know, I mean, I, it, it was tough to be professional because I'm thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's Captain Lou, you know. It's, uh, it was fun. And I, I grew up watching the Grand Wizard of Wrestling, Ernie Roth, who, he, you know, he broke in um, – from a radio background, he was actually a music disc jockey in Toledo, Ohio. But again, he was he was a great talker, and uh, went on to be one of the great managers in uh, the Northeast and Classy Freddy Blasty. So, so that was for me. That was always the fun part. I always, I wasn't unhappy, but it just wasn't as much fun being the good guy commentator or being, cause you know, you're sort of the straight man for, for the bad guy who always got the best line. 
and all, you know, it was, uh, it was more fun. I'll give you an example. Uh, we were working a house show down in, um, somewhere in Connecticut, I don't know, around Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, I was there, and I had been working uh, as, as the heel manager on television, so the folks there knew me, and uh, came, came out to the ring and, you know, trashed uh, on the microphone everybody in the crowd, and they just started throwing boatloads of stuff, and I'm covered in... And popcorn and cotton candy and soda. I mean, it was, uh, I, I probably could have gone back to the concession stand and, you know, put a label on me. That's how much of the stuff I had on me. But <laughs> I came home later that night, you know, three, four hours later, and I walk in the door. It's probably one or two in the morning. And, and my wife, was, you know, did it, she waited up for me. She says, are you okay? So, oh, I had a great night. And I'm telling her, oh, I got you know, I got hit with probably three can or not cans, you know, three cups of soda and cut. And she's looking at me, she says, wow, you, there's something wrong with you, but I'm going to bed. You know, if you had a good time, that's great. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's how you knew you did your job. And uh, that was a lesson I got from, from uh, Bobby Heenan. And uh, Bobby and I got to be very, very good friends. And, and that was that was always Bobby's advice. Look, if they're if they're booing you and they hate you, then you've done a great job. Hmm. And uh, you know, you talk about professional wrestling. Uh, Jim Cornette is a, is another uh, buddy of mine, and Jim and I have had this conversation so many times over the years. You know, is there any professional wrestling left? Uh, like your friend says, there's WWE fans and professional wrestling fans. And, you know, it's, it's just a very different product. Um, but like you, I'm, I'm a pro wrestling fan. And I'm, I'm always happy to pop on YouTube and see an old match with uh, Pedro or Bruno or, uh, you know, Ivan Koloff I got to work with a couple of times oh, wow. uh, before he passed away. And you want to talk about just a sweet, sweet guy. I mean, one of the nicest guys. And, and I said to him, I said, you know, I got to tell you, I was, you terrified me when I was a kid. And he just got this big smile and, and said, well, good. That's what I was supposed to do. Um, you know, they're just, they're just so many talented, uh, guys that, uh, that have been in this business and, uh, just achieved such greatness. Well, uh, Jeff, uh, this is Dave once again, and we have some common background. I work in radio right now. I'm a morning uh, disc jockey, a morning announcer, I guess you'd say, on a classic hit station in Logan, Utah, which is pretty close to where, well, it's within 25 miles of where Glenn Beck has a vacation home. And, uh, he comes through the area quite often. Uh, but, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, just real close to the border of Utah and Idaho. So we have that similar background, and I also have, uh, well, kind of a training story. I knew a, a guy that was just training to be a professional wrestler, and he was showing me some of the ropes when I was a teenager, and he was showing me how to take a bump, and I took my bump wrong mm -hmm. and broke my elbow. So that was my professional. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Th th yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to talk to you a, a little bit. When, when you talked about the Monster Factory, uh, they have mm -hmm. put out so many talented individuals and 
Zane had told you we uh, we are very close to a, a local promotion called Devotion Championship Wrestling, and I know when Danny Cage came in to do a seminar and did a show here as an official in Salt Lake City, and then he had at least one of the talent from here, uh, a guy that goes by the name of Brother Austin, went back and spent a week at the Monster Factory, and he told me you would not believe the things he learned in just one week. And uh, <laughs> to be associated with the Monster Factory, even at the very beginning, that that's something to, to really hang your hat on, man. Well, uh, again, uh, my my lesson from Larry Sharp was, look, kid, you're a talker, uh, <laughs> which which was right. I uh-huh. mean, and, and I appreciated that. Uh, but I know, look, Danny Cage is doing amazing things since uh, – he began running the Monster Factory, and he, he, as you say, he's developed some amazing people. He's a brilliant, brilliant uh, in in ring worker and trainer. So there are some there's some great minds in the business, and uh, some great trainers and great talents. And um, you know, it's it's just always an exciting thing. There's somebody who's always got a dream, and uh, most of the time, it doesn't really come true in the way they thought, but Anybody who's had the opportunity to work in the business, I think, has to uh, has to be grateful for it. I think most people have enjoyed their time. Wow, wow. So, Jeff, um, you, you, I remember you saying on the radio program that you know you said you you said you kind of got your start. Uh, maybe I misunderstood. So, help me here if I quote you mm-hmm. wrong or whatever. Um, so. Tell us a little bit about where you, how you got started in radio and kind of how that spilled over into pro wrestling a little, just a little bit of that story. Sure, sure. Uh, my, my first radio job was uh, in uh, South Jersey. Uh, it, was at a, uh, it was at an easy listening radio station overnight. And um, if you were looking for music that would prompt you to jump off a building that's where you would find it, it was Montevani oh records henry mancini yeah. yes put you to sleep stuff just man so many so many depressing failed love oh my god my 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 boyfriend left me my girlfriend left me they all left me so that's uh that was kind of where i got started and then i I got a job at a radio station that uh, Dave may appreciate. This was a uh, was a flame throwing seven watt. Whoa! And <laughs> right, you got around the whole block, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> if if you wrapped your head in tin foil and stuck your finger in the electrical socket, you might have been able to hear us. Yeah. But, uh, but the, the, the neat thing about it is that the guy who ran it and uh, had a little ownership piece of it was a longtime Philadelphia radio personality. And I mean real personality. And he uh-huh. said, okay, to me, he said, look, you're on a station right now. And it was a second job. He says, you're not making any money doing it, Mm-mm. but you have every every opportunity to develop a personality on the air to, to really present a, a, a product and, and craft who you were. And it was, it was almost like a training program and it was great. And I convinced 
uh, Larry Sharp and a guy by the name of Dennis Carluzzo, who was a local promoter, I convinced them that we should do a weekly radio wrestling show. And uh, that was my real in. Because once I was doing that, I was able to reach out to, at the time, the World Wrestling Federation, uh, NWA, and then WCW, and say, look, I have this radio show, and I'd like to have one of your one of your performers join me. And they okay, and I, oh, by the way, I'd like to get some stuff to give away. And I developed over the course, uh, you know, six months to a year, I developed some friendships. And I started working actively for both uh, Larry Sharp and for Dennis Carluzzo. And that was really my, my entree into the business. And again, I did uh, either, uh, well, I did everything. I mean, uh, you know, those days when you were helping set up the ring, you had to uh, make sure that stuff was there, working as the ring announcer, working uh, again as a uh, sort of a, uh, almost a, a Jim Cornette-esque kind of manager, you know, somebody that the crowd could really dislike very quickly. Uh, there were those occasions where, you know, I'd be pulled into the ring and uh, get beaten up. Uh, and you know, and when you, when loving you talk it. About that, <laughs> and loving every second of it, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny is that people will talk about uh, – Oh, how it's, uh, you know, everybody hates the word fake. It's like, well, it's not, you know, it, it, the fake part really takes away. The reality is that guys are working very hard. The bumps that guys are taking mm -hmm. uh, can be very, very dangerous. And, 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 you know, a body slam is a body slam. And it's, despite what people think, it's not a big mattress in there. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, you're 12 feet in the air and then you're not. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just not pleasant, you know. <laughs> it, it really legitimately hurts. It's all called gravity, and gravity yes. is a law, and we all obey the law of gravity. We fall down, and it hurts. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, hey, um, let me ask you a but, quick question. Yeah. This this is more sure. Well, it is wrestling, but it also is kind of like. Uh, uh, a radio too. You work, uh, you fill in sometimes with, with Glenn Beck, as you said, and then you said you have a friend, James E. Cornette. Now I saw Jimmy Cornette when he first started, because I'm from Memphis, Tennessee originally, and I I saw okay. when he was still taking pictures. I mean, I'd be at the Mid South uh, Coliseum, and I would see him there, you know. Yep. And but how? I mean, Jim Cornette is. Nowhere near conservative. How do, how does that oh, work Lord, in no. between the two of you? <laughs> well, uh, I, I think the basic agreement is we don't talk politics. <laughs> I love it. It. <laughs> never ends, it never ends well. Oh, uh, he's such a you know, we can. Oh, he he is a he's a funny funny guy, and uh, to have him on the air is you know I have on a fairly regular basis and it's like yeah I, I know Jim you want to get into something political but it's just not going to fly oh. so let's uh, let's keep it focused on wrestling that's awesome that is awesome Turnbuckle Trash is growing now Turnbuckle Trash can be heard on Apple Podcast Breaker Castbox Google Podcast Overcast Pocket Cast 
Radio Public, Spotify, and tune in. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. On his feet, the stray cat, is he ready? Let's go to the match, please. I'd like to get old Hacksaw Jim Duggan's two before and do a little work on you. Take me, take me, take me, please! What do you call that, a flying springboard knee to the face? Oh, that works. All the fans here with their, it's just two guys rolling around in spandex together, so. This is Turnbuckle Trash. So, uh, you know, like I told you, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Did you ever meet a wrestler, and I, I'm going into this because I finally got to meet one of my childhood heroes, but we're not that far apart in age, Jerry the King Lawler. I got to meet him uh, about a year and a half ago, and how nice he was to me. Was there one wrestler that you just was such a big fan of, and when you finally got to meet him, you said, wow, this, I mean, I've made it now. You know, I've met this guy. Yeah. I'll tell you, there there were a couple like that. Uh, years ago, when I was uh, doing mornings in uh, in Boston, uh, Jim Cornette would come in when they were in town. Bobby Keenan would come in, and one time uh, George Steele came oh, in. Oh wow! And George, people don't realize just how smart uh, George Steele was. And you know, you go back and you look at it and you go, oh, there was a reason that he was. He was only wrestling during the summer months because he really was a school teacher, and he, re- you know, he really uh, had his master's degree in education and and, and credits towards his PhD. But I, I remember meeting him, and uh, he was such a a polite, charming sort of a guy. And again, I said to him, I said, Jim, I, George, rather, I, I said, you know, I got to tell you something. When, when I was a kid, my dad and I used to go and see you at the old Philadelphia arena and some of those cage matches, and uh, we never missed it when you were there. And he, you know, I, he, he got a little misty-eyed, but I'll tell you the one guy that has really had such a major impact over the last few years, and that's uh, it's Jimmy Valiant. Uh, I, I used to watch Jimmy again as a kid and was such a fan of his. Well, the Boogie Jimmy Woogie Man? Has, yes, sir. All right. He has a pro wrestling school here in Virginia, a couple of hours from where I am in central Virginia, and um, – he is another one who is such an uh, is so understated. You know, he was so flamboyant and he was so uh, over the top during his heyday. And he is such a a quiet, polite guy. But I've gotten to know him, and uh, I've been thrilled to be able to to visit with him and be down there for the last couple of uh, birthdays. Wow! But this this past uh, uh, fall was uh, it, it was an amazing thing because Jimmy had said to me I would like you to be each year he said we have an honorary graduate of the school and I would like you to be our honorary graduate for, uh, for 2020 and uh, so I am <laughs> and uh, 
for you know for all of the nonsense, all the bad stuff we've seen in 2020. I got to tell you something. When when Jimmy Valiant pays tribute to you, and you're standing in the ring with him, and there are people you know watching and listening as he tells your story, and I'm thinking, goodness, you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were the guy I was watching. Oh. I, I, I would have, you know, I would have crawled over broken glass to uh, to get close to you, and here you are paying tribute to me. And I just thought, I, I don't think it gets much better than that. Well, you know, Jimmy wrestled a long time in Memphis, uh, a, a lot of matches against the King, and he'd always call him the old Kingfish, yeah. and he'd always say, right, right. here in Memphis town, you know, and. And superstar, right. oh yeah, I I know who Jimmy uh, Jimmy is. I'm a big fan, and still to this day, sometimes on the radio, uh, when I'm playing some song where artist is from Memphis, not necessarily uh, Elvis, but like Jimmy Jameson of uh, Survivor, and I'd say, you know, he, he mm-hmm. grew up in Memphis town, and I have to explain that it's you know Memphis, <laughs> and because that's just ingrained in my head. So when you're yeah. talking Jimmy Valiant and his brother, was was that his real brother, Johnny Valiant? No. They, okay, I didn't no. think he was, no. but Jimmy was a well, he could talk, man. He had that swagger about him. Cut a couple of couple mm-hmm. of hit records back in Memphis. They actually were replaying some of his songs on the radio. It was great. Uh, you know, one of the stories about Jimmy in in Memphis is that he didn't own a car, and you know, you, everybody was was on the road. It's hundreds and hundreds of miles each week. But Jimmy was such a huge star uh, for that territory, for Mid-South. I mean, he would just say to somebody, hey, I'm riding with you. And they go, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <And> so he <laughs> he didn't have to own a car. So that was uh, that's a pretty good deal if you can get it. Mm. So let's, uh, um, you know, you guys, you guys are all talking all this old stuff, and I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fit in there. I'm an old man, Gene. <laughs> let's, let's fast forward. Come on, guys. So, um, so Jeff, tell tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are on the current, uh, some of the current promotions, some of the things that you like to follow. Um, your thoughts on, um, you know, the current state of. Of made of the independence, just just a little right. bit of your thoughts. What's going on in current current times, even? Sure, sure. Um, look, uh, WWE obviously has for years dominated the business and attracted some of the most uh, talented people. Um, it, you look at a guy like AJ Styles, who, uh, for my money, pound for pound, just about the best. Yes, pro wrestler yes. or, or sports entertainer or whatever the term is uh, that that the business has ever seen. He's right. just he's just amazing. He's really good. Um, you look at some of the independents. Yeah, take a look at some of the like. You look at NWA. Nick Aldis is amazing. He is such a talented guy, and he is a legit strong man. He's a legit tough guy. Um, but another one who is very, very smart and is carefully crafting his career and uh, I think is doing great credit to the, to the NWA as the NWA world champion with, uh, you know, 10 pounds of gold. Um, his wife is Mickey James, uh-huh. you know, who is uh, uh, still 
performing with WWE, but what some people don't know is that she's she's an amazing singer, uh-huh. and uh, she's got uh, quite a few CDs, and I'm happy to say I've got them. I mean, she, she's really, really uh, a talented woman. Uh, some of the others, um, AEW obviously has, has come up in the last uh, year or two, and I think a lot of people initially kind of wrote it off and said, well, you know, it's, it's a rich guy who wants to play at wrestling. That's <sighs> never going to go anywhere. But the reality is you have somebody like a Cody Rhodes who, again, comes obviously from wrestling royalty and, and has a great mind for the business and, 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 and really understands what uh, the audience wants. And, and he has, has taken AEW, I think, to some amazing heights. And I, I think they're, frankly, as good as they've been, I think their best days are, are still ahead of them. But I also love, or I, I used to, I, I guess, you know, once the uh, zombie apocalypse is under control and their, their, their house shows again, it's great fun, at least for me, to go to a little pop-up promotion or a local promotion where you know that these are guys that maybe they make $25 for the night. Maybe they don't. They might be working for free, but they are working and they, they, they bring as much love and as much passion to the business as, as anybody who is making millions of dollars. And it's, it's nice to see them. And you know, you'll see some people there and you go, you know what? That guy, we're going to see him in a couple of years in a much bigger promotion. Uh, obviously, with, uh, with with the whole COVID thing, it's um, it, it, it shut all of that down for the time being. So it's, um, it, it, it's difficult. But, uh, you know, the indies are an amazing place. King Kong Bundy used to position himself. He'd always joke about it. He says, you know, I am... I am the king of the independence. And um, he, had, you know, he had his nice run in the WWF, mm-hmm. but where he really became, I don't know, a superstar, you know, he was doing uh, married with children, he all sorts mm-hmm. of uh, television appearances, but he was driving up and down the coast and, and every smaller independent show invariably wanted him uh on their on their show as part of the uh, the event, and and he loved it. You know, there are a lot of guys that were real road warriors. You'll pardon the pun, but you know they a hundred thousand miles during a year. You know, and and that's um, that was always a big part of the business. Right. We had uh, on our podcast early. Uh, we had Martin Casaus. Now Martin. Uh, was part of the WWE talent search, did really well, but broke his ankle on that. And he happens to be from Utah, but he he got that big break. He was one of the stars of the old Lucha Underground show on the LSO Network. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I saw Marty. Uh, I was actually on a panel discussion at a Salt Lake Comic Con event. We were talking about pro wrestling, and we just had a great time. And then after the panel discussion was over with, we went out in the hallway, and I think he and I talked for at least forty-five minutes while our wives were sitting there going blah blah blah. You know, they they were going they could talk <laughs> pro wrestling all day long. But don't you find that 
that people that love pro wrestling, the industry, the people that are behind the scenes that like the behind the scenes stuff, like Zane loves behind the scenes work. And I love the performance and and the, the the drama that comes out in the ring. Don't you just find they those guys just love to talk pro wrestling? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And there are so many characters, and I mean funny, funny people that you talk with over the years. Uh, Howard Finkel, who was you know the ring announcer for uh, for Vince McMahon forever. Uh, Howard Finkel was the longest ever uh, employee of WWF, WWF, Titan Sport. You know, he, he's been, he was there forever. He just passed away mm-hmm. this last year. Howard, yeah, how, you could stand, and I did, you know, stand and talk with Howard and uh, just shoot the breeze about the pro wrestling, and, and you'd look and you go, oh, my God, uh, didn't we start this 90 minutes ago? Weren't we supposed to be somewhere else <laughs> 60 minutes ago? Oh yeah, there there are such great guys and such great minds um, in the business. Uh, there's a there's a sell up, and I'll tell you what you you're talking about uh, some of the folks who have been on your podcast. Joe Bruin is a guy you might want to talk to. Joe was a photographer. He was a ring announcer, and then as uh, as an adult, you know, he, he's had a very very successful career, not in wrestling, you know, a professional job, but he started and got funding for and established uh, this huge convention that he did every year, and then the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, and there are some amazing talents in there, Uh, I'm in there, I'm not included, believe me, with the amazing talents, but I'm still in there, Uh, I was within the, uh, uh, the class a couple of years ago. And Joe Bruin is somebody that uh, can offer such amazing insights. Um, one of the guys that, that I used to work with, and again, might, might be a good, uh, a good get, is uh, a fellow by the name of Brendan Higgins. Now, you're not going to know that name because he worked under the name Knuckles Nelson. And Brendan and I worked together in various promotions for know, probably 20 years on and off and traveled all the time. Uh, Knuckles was one half of the, the Brotherhood. That was the NWA World Tag Team Champions, and, and I got to manage them. Um, I ultimately managed them to their title loss, but, you know, I don't necessarily <laughs> talk about that. Uh, but he's coming out with, uh, with a book all about his journey that he calls from the, uh, the wrestling ring to the yoga mat. Now his... Uh, his big thing is yoga, but he tells some he tells some great wrestling stories in there. So yeah, you're right. There are just uh, there are some some wonderful guys, and all you want to do is just sit there and you know you just spend as much time with them as you can. You know, uh, Zane and I a couple of uh, what was this about a year ago that we met Vince Russo down in Salt Lake City, Zane? Yeah, yeah, we we got to that meet uh, Vince, and we're on the podcast soon. Uh, but we sat there and he had to go catch a plane and we were sitting there talking and laughing and talking and laughing. Uh, and now he's helping out DCW devotion championship wrestling and devotion championship wrestling through that has also got with Ohio Valley wrestling and now snow. So I think the independence, oh, wow. this, yeah, they're there, you know, the Ohio Valley wrestling is really big right now. They're on all over the world. 
And some of our favorite performers, men like uh, Manny Lemons and uh, his wife, Rekha Tahaka, have been performing on those shows. And I'm just, I'm just, I just bust with joy knowing that I know these guys on a personal level because they've worked so hard in Salt Lake City to bring real professional wrestling back to Salt Lake. And uh, I'm just really proud of them. If you get a chance to check them out on YouTube, you should do that. I mean, they're really good. Devotion Championship Wrestling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I look forward to it. That's, uh, as you say, you, you can sit back and, and, and just sort of beam with joy and say, wow, you know, that's, that's my buddy or yep. She's doing a great job. And this, and, and you just, you just become so happy and so proud when folks, you know, are, are really, really making an impact, um, in, in the business and, uh, entertaining fans, which sometimes people forget that that's what this is about. It's, it, it's about telling a story. It's, a, it's about presenting uh, a story and, and developing performers and, and then having people who, who are watching you because, because they enjoy it, including those people who, who hate you. If that's, if that's your role, mm-hmm. if uh, again, if, if you come, come back to the locker room and you're covered in soda and you didn't put it there. Well, you've done a good job. Uh, people, <laughs> people hated you when they were supposed to. And oh, that's, that's actually good. a good thing. Well, I'm, I'm going to plug another one here real quick because we also work with a lot of the people from Rocky mountain pro out of Colorado Springs because they share talent between devotion and here. And actually tonight, one of the performers that performed in Salt Lake city is going to be on AEW wrestling for the women's championship. It's a woman named Abaddon. And uh, I was the ringside announcer at this small event in Salt Lake city when she came in and wrestled Rekka to Haka. And, uh, I was, well, if, if you don't know who Abaddon is, you'd look it up and that, that woman will freak you out, man. She puts on a great show and she's wrestling tonight <laughs> for the AEW wow. championship against Sheeta. And every time I see her on the show, I just, man, I got to, I got to just talk with her just a few minutes when she was still trying to, to make it like, like you said, an impact. And here she is, she's making a huge impact on that show. Yeah. That's, it's such a great feeling, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, Zane? Jeff, one thing that Dave kind of mentioned earlier, something that I we talk about a lot, and I think we even mentioned it in our last show, was I I just I I love the the behind the scenes stuff, you know, the production that goes sure. into professional wrestling. It's, you know, so what what do you what are your thoughts on like things that people don't see every day that goes into a pro wrestling show, even, even down to like, like you were talking about, even down to a small independent show, it's not easy. Uh, There's so much to put together. So maybe share with us your thoughts on what kind of happens behind the scenes. Oh, sure. Uh, You know, you can go back, uh, in, in pro wrestling history, if you go back to Gorgeous George, Gorgeous George was this amazing character, and it was it was a situation that somebody thought of. Somebody behind the scenes said, okay, we need a, a persona that can do this or this or this. And and they, they 
crafted that persona. They, they created that character. And eventually, uh, it, it, that character, Gorgeous George, uh, dominated not just the world of pro wrestling, but at the time, the television shows were broadcast on major networks. And so he, he became a pop culture phenomenon. Uh, I can remember as a kid, again, and I, I know I'm dating myself, but at the Philadelphia Arena, there was a, a guy by the name of Beautiful Bobby. And that was Bobby Harmon uh, from Boston. Beautiful Bobby came to the ring with music. Now, we had never had that. I know now it's commonplace, but when professional wrestling was in the heyday of professional wrestling, there was no entrance to music. There was uh, uh, a, a, a professional sports attitude. You know, the, this was a... This was a contest. It was not a performance. But Beautiful Bobby had music that played, and the entire arena, there were 10, 12,000 people in the Philadelphia arena, everybody stopped dead silent for a moment, and then as he began to strut to the ring, tell me if any of this sounds familiar, uh, he began to strut to the ring in this long sequined robe. There were 12,000 people booing and hissing and yelling and shouting. And again, somebody behind the scenes said, we're going to do something different. And, and that was it. So when you're looking to put on either, you know, a, even a house show in this day and age, the behind the scenes, uh, situation is you want to you want to have merchandise that means you've got to design it you've got to produce it you've got to have it shipped you've got to be able to deliver it um, you you've got to have a ring now that may sound uh, pretty basic and it is but that can be expensive you know there are folks who wanted to have little indie promotions and they said, well, you know, I can't pay $500 to rent a ring and I can't pay $5,000 to buy a ring. So they're not going to be able to do that. So you've got to have every piece of the, the physical equipment and then you've got to have talent. You've got to have people that are going to perform and, and do what it is that you're looking to accomplish. And sometimes that can be very difficult, managing a, a locker room. You've got, um, at all levels, you've got folks with some pretty big egos in some cases. And you've got to be able to present whatever the, whatever the storyline is. And then you've got to say, you know, this is your part. And you've got to be able to motivate them uh, to do what is necessary. Uh, you've also got to be able to have a safe, secure performance. You know, you, you're going out and you're, you're hiring people to work security. You're making sure that you have hired uh, an EMT or two uh, to be at the show. Uh, there's still some places that license pro wrestlers. You know, here in Virginia, you've got to have uh, a license issued by the state. And uh, I think it costs me $40 a year. But if you don't have that, you can't work. And if somebody is putting on a show in Virginia 
and they hire you and you don't have a license, you're both in, in a pretty big world of hurt. So there are these little details and you've got to make sure that you've got, you've got a sound system, you've got the microphone that really works. You've got to make sure in this day and age, everybody comes out to music. Do you have the means to, to play it properly? Um, it, it, is, it is all of that. And then if you're really doing it right, part of the behind the scenes action is to put on a show that's going to convince people that are in the audience to buy your merchandise and make sure they come back for the next show. And, and it's, it's, it's always, you know, it's always forward selling, if you will. It's always about what the next card is going to be and why you've got to be there. And by the way, if you really want to know everything that's going on, it, it's $2 for a program and make sure you've got those. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there's a very real business that goes on and then you factor in some very talented athletes and some folks who, as I said, have big egos, and uh, it can be an exciting couple of hours backstage. Wow, that's really neat. So, uh, Zane, I know you have a couple of local uh, T-shirts from Andrew Sowell, right? You got one of his? Of course. Of course. <laughs> and I have Tombstone Jesus's CD himself, the Mountain Metal Messiah. I have a music CD by a man named Tombstone Jesus, that is one of the greatest guys you ever want to meet in your life. And uh, he's one of the performers at Devotion Championship Wrestling. Zane, go back to it now. Wow. Well, um, you know, I, I just love, you know, I just love professional wrestling. And we talked on the last show, you know, about how, um, I mean, it seems like I mentioned it every show. It probably sound like a broken record, but it's just <laughs> something that's really passionate to me that I have a deep interest in, you know, people make fun of me for it, whatever. I don't, I don't care. care. Mm. You know? yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I just, I love the, the local promotion. I love going down, you know, I got a seven year old kid who goes with me mm -hmm. and he is so funny. He stands on the, yeah. you know, he's yelling, you big, big, you suck. You know, he just loves that. When we go into DCW again, you know. And that time, Zane, the time we were sitting together and Manny Lemons threw a lemon and your boy caught it. The boy, yeah. he, his, his eyes just lit up. It was great. So, yeah, oh I mean, you know, the, the local promotion, I think, is, um, you know, it's so neat, you, you, you know, to go there and, and, yeah. and, and talk to these guys after the show. They're tearing down the ring and yep. tell them how great of a job they did. And, you know, and I think it means a lot to them, you know, to see these guys and to, to talk to them. And, and they're at their merch booth and, you know, you give them 20 bucks for a T-shirt. And I think they yeah. really appreciate that, you know. Oh, they sure really do. do. Oh, they sure do. Listen, they're, again, the the guys that are working in a, in a smaller promotion, a local indie promotion are, are really doing it because they love what they're doing. They love the performance. They love putting on the show and, and they love the fans. And, um, 
when a, a fan walks up, and as you say, you're you're going up to uh, to that merch table, and you're going, yeah, I I'm going to give you twenty bucks that I worked for to get one of your t-shirts, and and that just it means the world to them, and it's also quite frankly, it, it's a good way for them to get a couple of bucks in their pocket because nobody's going to get rich working a a smaller indie promotion. So, so you understand, I think the motivation there is it, it's not a hundred thousand dollars for the night. Like somebody might've made working at Madison square garden or the, uh, uh, the Olympic in Los Angeles. It's a guy who might clear the night with 50 bucks, a hundred bucks if he's lucky, but he's, he's there and he's working every show cause he really loves what he's doing. And, uh, it's, it's, I think it's an important thing for for the fans to come up, and I and I also think that that people make memories. You're talking about your seven year old son. I'm going to tell you, uh, not that it's about me, but I, this story that uh, hopefully will 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 resonate. Uh, you know, I I have my my home studio, and that's where I work, and uh, <clears throat> it's just mine. It's not used for anything else. It's you know my office studio. And I, I went and I, 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 I've had over the years a couple of uh, replica belts. You know, I, uh, Nick Bockwinkle had given me one of the, uh, the AWA belts. And, and you know what happens, uh, particularly for, for some of the bigger promotions, you know, there might be 10 copies of that belt that they've got. Because if you're the champion, uh, if you're Nick, you're the champion, and you forget the belt, well, the crowd's disappointed. So there's always one of those belts there. So Lord, he had given me those. And over the years, I had uh, been able to obtain uh, one, of the, uh, one of the NWA and one of the old WWWF that uh, was the Pedro Morales belt. And <clears throat> I've got those three displayed. And the reason that I have them there is simply because it reminds me of the times when I was six and seven and a little bit older and watching pro wrestling with my dad. And number one, we were not allowed to watch it upstairs in the living room. My mother was <laughs> appalled. Absolutely not. Oh, I love it. You, you go <laughs> down in the basement and that's where you guys will watch it. And we did. And you know, somebody listening today is going to go, I don't even know what UHF TV is, but that's okay. Uh-huh. You know, we, we had to have the, the code hanger and uh, to get Channel 48 or Channel 29, which is where the, uh, uh, the shows were. Uh, you know, sometimes you needed to stand on the chair and the rest of it, but we did. And that was, that was every week. That was a couple of hours every week. And every once in a while, they would mess up the tapes and instead of seeing our WWF show, it was an NWA show. You know, it was Georgia championship wrestling or, or uh, Florida wrestling. It was like, Oh my God, those are the guys we were reading about in the magazine, you know, and it was so cool, but then it wouldn't be there next week. Cause it was just a mess up. <laughs> uh, but I, I've got those memories still. And it sure sounds like uh, your 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 seven year old's going to have those memories as well, and that 
you know, at the end of the day, that's the most important part about this. It's, um, uh, it's, it's, you know, sons and dads mostly uh, bonding over it and having a great time and, and being able 20, 30, 40 years later to go, yeah, my dad and I used to go and watch that guy and we still talk about it or that's how I remember my dad. And, you know, that's, that's not a bad thing. That's so cool. Well, um, I, you know, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you, Jeff. You are just a super knowledgeable guy, and, you know, I'm just so grateful for you for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to come on with us. Um, Dave, what do you got to say? What else do you got to say for Jeff? Well, Jeff, uh, I, I, I kind of, uh, I kind of uh, get with you about uh, how everything in professional wrestling, how these guys are really into it. I, I take uh, yeah. just a page from radio. Okay, you and I have both worked mm-hmm. radio. I've worked in it since 1974. That tells you how old I am. So, okay. but when I when I talk to people that have been in the business. It is one of those things that just kind of gets into you. And if you are any kind of performer, if you find that outlet, like professional wrestling, that's going to be something that you'll always look back on and say, wow, I I really enjoyed my time, or I still enjoy my time. Somebody like Tombstone Jesus, who's in his 50s, still out there uh, getting to to wrestle with the young guys. And now he's a heel called Tombstone Judas. and. He just enjoys ah. it. Yeah, he's a great guy, a yeah. really funny guy too. But uh, I, I just find people that enjoy performing in any aspect. It's kind of like community theater for the independents because mm-hmm. they're they're out there and they're just enjoying performing and entertaining us, the fans. And I just find it fascinating that after been watching this since 1968. That here I am, 63 years old, and I've got recording right now AEW, so I can watch Abaddon uh, go for the the championship belt on there, and that's how much I've always loved professional wrestling, man. I I just love it, and I appreciate yeah. you coming in and talk to us about it. Wow. Oh God, so it is, uh, um, my pleasure, my pleasure. So Jeff, tell us a little bit about um, real quick what you got going on right now, how people can. Uh, listen to your show uh, and anything that you want to talk about just real quick before we, we end this. Thing. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. If you would uh, like to listen to the radio show, show during the week, it airs 3 to 6 uh, Eastern time, and you would go to radio.com, R-A-D-I-O.com, radio.com, and uh, you'd be looking for News Radio WRBA. I'm based here in Central Virginia about about 90 minutes west and south of uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, my website is thejeffcatshow.com, thejeffcatshow.com. There's some fun stuff there, and uh, that can give you all the information. It's all over social media. If you're looking to uh, spend some time on Facebook, that's uh, Radio Cats and uh, all the rest of it. But Again, if you go to the website, thejeffpatshow.com, that'll give you all the information for uh, for everything else. Yeah, I was looking at the Jeff Katz Show uh, website, and I saw some pretty cool things on there about your volunteer <laughs> service. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, just, so, well, just real quick, 
Jeff yeah. Jeff was honored by uh, his service. Uh, he does a lot of service. Is that in the community, Jeff? Or um, yeah, you I, awarded I, by President the Award of Volunteer Service. Yeah, it it was pretty cool. You know, that's it's a nice thing. Uh, I'll I'll be honest with you. I I am a very very big believer in that um, that piece of uh, biblical advice that says to to whom much is given, much is expected. And um, <clears throat> I have certainly been uh, uh, blessed more than I deserve over the years. And so if if I have the opportunity to give back, uh, I do a lot of work to support the law enforcement community. Do a lot of work to. Uh, help uh, kids with uh, with special needs and disabilities and um, it, it's rewarding uh, I don't ask anybody to you know give me a round of applause for it hopefully I'm, I'm doing it for the right reasons and um, but yeah I, I, I do spend a lot of time uh, in community service that's wow. awesome Thanks, man. That, that's the way it should be brother that's the way it should be well, uh, Dave, why don't you close us out then? And, and I just, one more time, I just got to thank Jeff for, I mean, taking the time to reach out to somebody in in Utah that he has no idea who, <laughs> who he even is and says, hey, we want to get you on this wrestling show. I mean, that just says a lot about, about you. You know, we've reached out to a lot of people over the years on the podcast and we've got snubbed by a lot of people because we're, not big enough or we're not cool enough or we don't have the best website ever you know it's like we're a work in progress yeah. you know we constantly are growing. Right. <laughs> we're constantly you know we, we do this for fun man this is just yeah. something that is a passion for us that we we love to do it and we love to talk to people about it yeah well listen i you mentioned being a work in progress uh we're all a work in progress <laughs> i think uh you know, we're, we're, we're all striving to, uh, to do what we can do and, uh, see what, uh, see what God's plans are for us. And, um, just again, you know, do the right thing, do it for the right reasons. Well, Jeff, thank so. you so much once again for joining us on Turnbuckle Trash. We, we always love to talk professional wrestling. That's how Zane and I met was he actually won a prize from me at the radio station, and I got to meet him there. And then we actually were at a wrestling event in Salt Lake City and sitting in the same area, and he recognized me, and we've uh, gotten to a great friendship. And I think when you can find people with like minds and people that understand that this is all about entertainment and all about storytelling – it makes it a lot easier to watch and a lot more fun to watch. And I'm looking forward to checking in on your show because as a fellow radio guy, I always like to listen to see what everyone else is doing. Jeff, once again, thank you so much for joining us on Turnbuckle Trash, man. Thank you, guys. It has been an absolute pleasure, an absolute honor, and uh, anything I can do to help uh, going forward, you just let me know. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Those guys look big and mean. I think they want to hurt us. What do you call that, a flying springboard knee to the face? Oh, that works. I like to hurt people. Pretending to wrestle is the most fun in the whole world. The thoughts and opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of an intelligent human being. If you don't agree with them, get your own dang pod. Dummy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. And in the immortal words of Ric Flair, Woo! You get to be the co-host. I am the co-host with the most. Okay, so here's the deal. 
you're going to be a talker because, quite frankly, this in-ring stuff you're not really good at. So. It's all called gravity, and gravity is a law, and we all obey the law of gravity. We fall down and it hurts. Who is also a big conservative as we are, as you, as you ought to be, really. Oh, that, that's true. That's true. If you wrapped your head in tinfoil, and she's looking at me and says, there's something wrong with you, but I'm going to bed. <laughs> you know, if you had a good time, that's great. If you were looking for music that would prompt you to jump off a building, that's where you would find it. We don't talk politics. <laughs> I <'cause> love it. <laughs> never you guys are all talking all this old stuff, and I don't... I don't Uh-oh. I, 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 don't, I don't fit in there. I'm an old man, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> but like you, I'm I'm a pro wrestling fan, and I'm, I'm always happy to pop on YouTube and see an old match with uh, Pedro or Bruno or 